Welcome to the Screamcast. I am Sean DeRager, and with me, as always, the lovely, the fuzzy, Brad Henderson. He was just saying fuzzy because you can actually see me now. <laughs> yeah. And my beard. I like looking at you when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's been a while. It's been yeah, a, a been, little bit. Been a bit. We we tried to make multiple comebacks, but that always <laughs> never works. We tried doing a commentary thing that never worked. Just busy, you know, but uh, I think we just got, you know, we just wanted to talk about movies again and use our platform that we built for a number of years. Yeah. Um, And we don't really give a shit if anybody listens. It's just a place (laughs) for us to be cathartic to talk about movies. Yeah. So, I mean, so we're kind of we're kind of going back to square one in a bit. The show started with with me and Brad just as this this kind of thing. Um, And we, you know a ton of guests and things like that. And it kind of kept growing. And, you know, I think we're kind of with our schedules, especially you and me both kind of doing like acquisition stuff and working for, you know, distributors or whatever, doing, just doing a bunch of shit, like on top of everything else in our lives, it's like uh, multiple people on a show and all this kind of stuff. And it was just getting to like the, we can never get the thing scheduled. And it was just a, you know, became more of like a hassle than like a fun just thing to do. So we're, uh, scaling back a bit and make it fun for us again and uh hopefully people listen yeah i mean just to bitch about movies i mean i yeah i'm you know we like i said we try differently we had like a news portion which every i don't discount anything we did i think it was all fun at the time but uh you know we wanted to do podcasting in a way not to make it ever a profession but i we took it a little bit more uh serious you know, and and we were we were at the one of the you know we didn't start podcasting for movies, but we were pretty early <laughs> on. You know, there wasn't a lot of podcasts about movies, um, and then uh, yeah, it just everything followed. So yeah, we're just gonna keep it simple, use our knowledge from the past, and talk about some fun shit, have some cool interviews, just be cool. I'll rely on your knowledge. And I'll kind of just like parrot off what you say and be like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that. I read that. Yeah, all yeah. It was on, uh, it was on, uh, heard... in, a, in a cool news back in 1997. Right. Ugh, no, well, we're not, we won't mention that. <laughs> that was like the only blog movie blog. Um, <laughs> yeah i mean dude it was one of the most it, it, so oddly enough it was one of the most powerful blogs in the world and <laughs> one of the wor- worst written and uh yeah it's just an awful awful thing but anyways moving <laughs> on i don't want to talk about that at all uh so uh but yeah no no i just let's talk about physical media talk about what we watched you know none of that is it streaming or whatever the hell we called it? Hey, <laughs> VHS. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean that, those are fun though. But we're fun. not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was super fun. I mean, and I actually, I, I had time to like do all these little sound effects, and all that kind of stuff and edit. And I mean, you know, when it, when it boils down to it, it's like you and I, like just, we're just like hanging out talking about movies and, and, you know, and like, like I said, like we are, we do have so much going on. It's just, I, I just, don't have time and i won't but i want to do it but i don't have time to do all the extra stuff so it's just like we got to just yeah just play it, it just we'll just play it straight if we talk about one movie we talk about one movie who gives a shit yeah so 
Uh, the reason, though, the kind of what spurred this on is uh, South by Southwest happened, and yeah. you and it, it, did it happen last year? So I so since you know post COVID. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we haven't had a South say, by show in forever. So it's been a yeah, couple and, years. Yeah, I was supposed to go in 2020, and that was March, um, and then that was canceled completely for the most part. I don't think they were prepared to take the onslaught on of the online stuff. Uh, so that, you know, obviously didn't happen, um, which is pretty serious. I mean, they put so much money. I mean, they canceled like at the last minute too. So yeah. I can't imagine the hit that, you know, Austin took and plus all these businesses, they were prepared for it, you know? So yeah, it was pretty, pretty awful. Um, I mean, COVID was awful. Not that South by got canceled. <laughs> it was a shit about that. Millions of people died. That's what's important. But um yeah, for so for 2021, uh, they did it online only, uh, and and that worked. And then this year, they did it in person and online, okay. uh, which was you know it was fun to go back to a festival. I mean, I went to Beyond Fest in uh, 2021. Um, that was in October, uh, and we did you know the premiere of Ninja, and I actually went for the film festival there uh, for uh, you know a few days with my mother. You know, it was my mother's first film festival in L.A., so that was a lot of fun. Uh, so but this is the first, like, bigger festival where it's, like, a city-type thing. I mean, Beyond Fest is a film festival, but it's, you know, at the pretty much at, the like, the two theaters there. I mean, I think they have, like, three, maybe three, they had three theaters. Um, but as far as, like, <laughs> the traffic that comes in with the millions and millions of people yeah. uh, coming to Austin, it was, you know, it's a pretty big event, so... Awesome. But I, um, I mean, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't, I haven't still never been to a film festival. I've Dude, as many years that just, we've done this. You just need, you, you need to really think about it. I mean, how, how old's Noah now? Cause Noah's like one when the show was on, or <laughs> was Noah even born? <laughs> I don't know if he, he's like, even born yet. Can't how old remember. is he? He's nine. So, I mean, yeah, like my life is like, yeah, I have more time for certain things to schedule things. And my wife and I, like every, yeah. you know, like once a month or twice a month, it's like date day. So we make the kids clean the house and we freaking jet to Los Angeles or something. That's the way to crack. So, yeah, yeah. You know, way so like we're able, <laughs> so we're able to like schedule things. So, you know, I, I think now is kind of the time, but the thing is like, I have more time, but then I'm filling that time with extra stuff. Like the audiobook thing is like, you know, a th I mean, I can't put the brakes on that. It's just a, become a thing now that I'm. Just, yeah, you know, yeah, no. Um, I mean, yeah, we all have. I mean, yeah, it was tough, even for me, because I was, you know, this is like the first vacation that I've had, like pretty much starting, like at VS, because I mean, we're we're from home. Like every, every day is kind of like a vacation, it seems. <laughs> so it felt weird taking an actual vacation um, when it wasn't a, a funeral. <laughs> or yeah. something like that yeah uh so yeah i mean it all, all it's just i mean yeah 2021 i mean both both years can suck it um <laughs> but uh yeah no it's like i said it was it was fun going back i mean i think you'd enjoy it. i mean there's just so much i mean let's you know, just jump into south by so that way i could talk you into it and if anybody's <laughs> on the fence or thinking about it it's it's relatively you know expensive 
for yeah. tickets, but there's just so much. I mean, it's just not movies. There's a whole interactive side. I mean, there's, uh, and when I say interactive, I mean, you're having some of the top, like, you know, uh, industry tech people come to this thing to show off their new toys, you know, uh, their new apps, their new machines, their new, new systems, their new computers, like any tech stuff you can think about, apps, everything. Um, you know, it's it's held at, you know, South by Southwest and Austin. I mean, the, the, the music portion is ginormous. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of bands come in, even bands that aren't part of the South by program come to, you know, even the dive bars to play uh, at, you know, so there's music, there's everything from little independent people to, you know, big, big, big time. And the amount of speakers that come, so if you're into public speaking, I mean, they have all these top people from all these companies, you know, whether it's, you know, gardening to technology, <laughs> to music, to life coaches. I mean, it's everything you can think about as far as that. And then you do have the movie portion and there's just other things too, like, you know, between the art, the food, like, I mean, there's just so much going on. If you can't find something to attach yourself to every day, then you definitely don't have any hobbies because <laughs> there's just, there's just so much to do. So, you know, and, and it just takes a while. It can be a little overwhelming at first because there is like a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what your focus is. And then they have those badges per kind of event. You can do like a platinum badge and do everything. And that's like, you know, like $1,500 or something. Or you could just do a film badge or just an industry like tech badge. Uh, you could do, you know, the music badge. Um, so there's different things. And But also at the same time, like even if you do one of the badges, it lets you into other things too. So like there's a lot of free stuff you know a lot of free stuff going on um you know <laughs> lots of free food lots of free booze i mean you could literally eat and drink for free if you play your cards right uh every single day there you know <laughs> um but yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a great festival uh for kind of everybody of all ages uh but primarily i go for the film side of things and just to chill the fuck out yeah and it's nice you know so did well, I talk how, you into it? I mean, every time we talk about South by Southwest, you talk <laughs> me into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, how many movies did you end up seeing this time? Like what, what's the average, you know, well, that you see? Well, my average historically has been like over 40, like close to 45 in, you know, nine, 10 days or whatever it may be. Uh, this year, though, being I was on vacation and I was going to cover Screamcast or cover films like via Screamcast, but cover them via my Twitter account, mm -hmm. because <laughs> as anybody should know, if you are a uh, PR person, uh, there's a lot more hits <laughs> on a tweet than there is people clicking a link or listening to a podcast or a video or reading a review. So I, I just kind of yeah. wanted to tackle it via Twitter, you know, because my response on there is way, way bigger than I imagine most blogs or websites, you know, well, um, just, just it's easy. You, you can read 100, 140 characters. Boom, you're done. That's all you need to know. <laughs> like a couple screen caps from the movie. You're it's over. You know, you don't read a thousand word. I mean, unless there's something like to like sometimes 
you're consuming so much at a festival that, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why I, I'm not too fond of like criticism at festivals because some of these people watch four or five movies a day. They, they try to dish out four to five articles a day or, yeah. you know, and it's just like, you got to let those movies sit with you. You know, a first reaction's fine, but like, you know, as you know, some of these people, and I've done this at festivals too, when I used to write reviews and cover it, you know, you watch your fourth movie of the day, you're a little tired, you come out of that, and you're like, eh. And then you yeah. watch it like a year later, you're like, holy shit, this is really good. You know, sometimes you got to let things digest. You don't know how you're, when you're viewing the movie, how you're viewing the movie. Uh, you know, you could be really tired, really hungry. The setting could be, you know, maybe not what it's supposed to be. Uh, maybe it's noisy. Maybe someone's being annoying next <laughs> to you. I don't know. Well, no, but, that, yeah, no, I just I kind of wanted to just like play it cool. Yeah. See the things that I really wanted to see, not force myself to go see things that I didn't want to see just so I could cover it. I wanted to focus on, you know, stuff that I really was interested in or heard good things about. So I I mean, maybe 20 movies, if that I haven't even I still haven't even counted it. <laughs> I, I had a buddy go with me and he's like, hey, are you going to be like, you know, your normal self where you're watching like 40 movies? <laughs> I'm like, fuck no, dude. I'm playing that shit easy. I'm just going to have a good time to chill out. And I don't have plans at all. And the whole time he was like, hey, what are you what are you doing this time? Like, what do you see? And I'm like, nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anything planned. I wasn't even making my schedule of the movies that I was going to see. I just like looked the morning of like, yeah. you know, that we were supposed to pick for the next day. And I was like, Oh, maybe that, maybe that, eh, that's it. <laughs> the rest of the time, <laughs> I'm just going to chill out. That's so, awesome. I mean, that's uh, how yeah, I would do it. I mean, sure. it dude. And it, and it was so relaxing. So, you know, the, the, the first, the first day, uh, cause we got there a day early to like get our rental car and stuff and good thing. Cause our flight was delayed. We didn't get in till super late, but yeah, we, we went to, um, you know, we went, I got our badges and, you know, we kind of chilled out that day. Uh, but the very first thing we did was that there is this kind of opening morning, uh, type and this now the coverage of South by starts. Um, so like we did this, uh, I don't really want to call it a mixer. I mean, it's cause it's not, but it was this kind of like this little promo PR thing for, um, Bob Odenkirk, uh, and his son developed this show, uh, for a pot. It's a podcast, but it's a show like a, like a TV show, but audio only. Oh, okay. Audio, audio drama, you know, so it's, or is it like auto audio common comedy i i don't know but, but anyways it's this full-fledged show where they have characters and different actors come in and do voices so um you obviously you're not seeing anything it's just audio so it's called welcome to argyle and so um i would never listen to the, i don't even listen to podcasts but you know my buddy wanted to go bob odom kirk was there and i just heard there was like this special like hot dog thing yeah so i was like i'm curious it was early too so we went it was just basically a party you know promoting the show um and there was like a guest list and i'm like i just we'll just go like just we'll just go and show up and then see what happens you know <laughs> so like they ask like are we on the list and we're like no but it's press and they're like yeah go inside <laughs> so they just have all this like free food 
uh we like go up and they have uh it looked like calamari right so like they had this like fried like split like with the like the legs and stuff like this calamari and i picked it up it was like it's a big calamari so i like dip it in the little dipping sauce and eat it it's a fucking hot dog (laughs) (laughs) cut up to look like calamari Uh, they had like this steak hot dog so basically it was a hot dog split uh then they had like this ice cream on a hot dog bun no hot dog in the ice cream but yeah bob (laughs) odenkirk was there his son they you know promoted the show talked about how he came up with it it was you know maybe like a 30 minute thing with them and then it was just to chill out and eat like this like kind of like dining room at this restaurant there so that was kind of nice um kind of a good start but the big thing was and kind of what i really really enjoyed was uh the first film the world premiere of uh every um oh shit i just screwed it up everything everywhere all at once the new daniels movie uh because they and now they are known as collectively the daniels uh so it's the guys that did um swiss army man and the death of dick long so it's their third film with uh, michelle yo um and it has uh jamie lee curtis in it uh it has i'm drawing a blank on the dude's name he he was in indiana jones and the goonies um i i would probably butcher his actual real name if if that's what i was going to attempt but uh, apparently he i as far as i know he he retired from acting i mean i know butchering names historically has been your job (laughs) so if you want to try it you can um but uh yeah you know james hong no, James Hong's an old. What are you talking about? James I don't Hong, know. I don't like see 19, names. I don't 92, see any... He's an actor. He's in the film too. James Harry Hong. Shum. I, I, there's not. There's a. There's not a lot. Of, there's no names I recognize other than Michelle Yeoh, and Jamie well, Lee Curtis. No, okay, it's like the probably the top three or four bill billing. Huh. I don't know. They don't have it on here. It would either be. <laughs> I'm it'd sure it's be, on there. You just. You probably just don't see it. But anyways, yeah, films. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That they, they pronounce it right? I don't I I I don't hey. want to attempt it because I always hey, I, I'm always scared to, to mispronounce things. Oh, um but anyways, okay. yeah, he he's uh you know he he I guess kind of retired from acting, so he like came back to be in this. Um you know, as in 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 going to the film, uh, you know, it played at the Paramount, which is like a i don't know 1600 seats uh you know it's sold out obviously this is the world premiere the first film that's being played basically at south by is a a big film and it was just it was really wonderful experience to be in a theater and having that crowd react to being back at a festival yeah like that was pretty awesome you know janet pearson who does uh, kind of lead programmer who who hosts this thing you know she introduced the film you know michelle Shell Yo was there, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, the other act, some of the other actors, and you know, they had a lot of the team there that made the movie. Um, so in kind of vain and Swiss Army Man and um, you know, Death of Dick Long, it is ridiculous. It's but it's it's very, very fun. Um, people like it way, way more than I do, which I totally respect because I think this is gonna be a huge film for people, especially if you're a parent 
or if you've had not the best relationship with your parents at, you know, maybe growing up or even into adulthood. Um, it, the, there's uh, a huge message message in there. What's the plot of the film? Is this, is this the one that seemed like a multiverse type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. And once you actually figure out what is going on, um, it, it's very, very, very enjoyable. I think it's probably a better movie to watch on a rewatch because you know what they're trying to do and the message they're trying to convey. Yeah. Um, I would find it probably much more enjoyable. But yeah, it's it's a wonderful, beautiful movie. Incredibly well done. Apparently, it's a very small like special effects team and their special effects are incredible in this. I mean, the look of the film... Um, it looks like a huge Hollywood production, but apparently it was not. <laughs> um, and Jamie Lee Curtis kind of plays uh, like uh, kind of an evil person, which is really good, you know, to kind of see her jump back into the evil side of things. But yeah, just a, it's a really well done, uh, kind of a beautiful uh, film um, about relationships and shit like that. So cool. uh, highly recommended to people that want to see something very different because it is. Um, and then, yeah, I, I saw that. And then I went for the late night movie. So I saw two movies my first day. Uh, the second film was something you would really like. Uh, so it was on my, like, it was funny because it was on my list to see because it was one of the Midnighters. That is my only thing when I go to these things. I'm like, I'm going to see all the Midnighters no matter what. Yeah. Um, so this was one of the first Midnighters is called Deadstream. So it's like, oh, cool, you know, check mark, obviously going to see a midnight. And then we met up with a friend like earlier in the day. And he's like, what are you seeing tonight? I'm like, oh, it's Deadstream. He's like, oh, dude, he's like perfect found footage horror comedy. I'm like, are you kidding me? The horror <laughs> comedy found footage movie. I was like, and he's like, yeah, it's about this like YouTuber. And I'm like, you got uh... it's like, this is, sounds like everything that. I really don't want to see tonight. Not that I'm against found footage, not that I'm against horror comedies, not that I'm against you. Well, I am a kind of against YouTubers in a way. <laughs> With the, not the YouTube, like not YouTubers specifically, but that YouTube culture, I can't stand. Yeah, I get, um, what, you, I get what you mean. Know. Yeah, I mean, I love YouTube. I mean, I watch YouTubers all the time and YouTubers cover our stuff, so that's fine. But it's like kind of that... Uh, you know, like subscribe, you know, like, uh, zany editing, like in yeah, your yeah, face, yeah. like, ah, like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this kind of YouTube, I guess it's the YouTube personalities, like those, like the younger yeah. generation, TikTok, Vine, that type of thing. I just, I just can't do it. I'm going to rename this like, podcast right, to two I'll... grumpy old horror buffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking YouTubers and TikTokers. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So I, uh, I was like, fine, you know, I already got tickets. I'll go see it, dude. This thing is fucking great. It is so funny. It is so well done. It mocks the YouTube kind of culture. Um, it's legitimately has some really scary moments. Um, the comedy in it is perfect. Uh, so basically it is this YouTuber who has fallen down, like, his likes and subscribes because of some bullshit that he's done like you know <laughs> live streaming he's got caught so it's like kind of that you know 
the decline of the YouTuber that says something that says something <laughs> racist or does something that's non, you know, non PC or something like that. Um, so he's trying to like kind of go back and, and get his fan base up, get his subscribers. So he starts making money to monetize whatnot. So he has this idea to go to this haunted house and like spend the night and set up all these cameras and lock himself in and throw away the key. And like, as soon as he starts doing it, like you're like groaning, you're like, Oh God, he's <laughs> just going to fuck up. And like, you know, it's just really funny. Cause he does get in this, you know, house and all this stuff starts going crazy and he's really good. It, it's he's, you know, it's not in a sense of like comedy, to where like funny stuff is happening, not like a scary movie type ghost thing yeah. where they're bumbling around. It's just kind of the predicament that he puts himself in is funny. And the kind of the shit that he says, and he's still trying to like, he's live streaming. So he's trying to still get the views while like being terrorized by a ghost and almost losing his life. Um, but yeah, just a really funny movie. It's going to be on Shudder. Um, e- even though you may not be into found footage or horror comedy, all those things blended together. It's done in a way to where it makes fun of that. All of that. It even makes fun of found footage stuff. Because uh, um, uh, not to, it's obviously none of this stuff is spoilers that we talk about on this show. But uh, one thing that always bothers me in found footage movies is when there's a score. Mm. if we're trying to watch like a found footage movie and we're watching this footage you yeah. know i know it's i know we're watching a movie but maybe not have a score kind of takes out the realism they make fun of that in a very <laughs> clever way in this movie and it had me cracking up um and awesome. i imagine the filmmakers are irritated by the exact same thing in those types of movies um but anyways yeah it's great it's going to be on shutter soon so highly recommended um and yeah that was like day one for me it was like a perfect day i was gonna say the the best uh the best spoofs are like the kind of films that also become a film that they're making fun of if that makes any sense yeah yeah no that's very much kind of how deadstream is they're they're making fun of the genre while making fun of themselves but doing something in a creative way that's very enjoyable. Yeah. It's very well thought out. Like this isn't something that some people were like, yeah, let's just make fun of this stuff. No, it's, it's very smart. And that's what that, you know, that's what I respected about it. And it's just, it, it's legitimately funny. And, but again, and there's like a lot of scary moments in the movie. Cause it gets, you know, he's, is dealing with a real ghost. Yeah. That, um, and it that, gets, and that's, yeah. it gets pretty scary at times. So, and that and that's what I mean. Um, like, um, like a, a good, a good spoof will play it straight and actually be it still. So it still is a horror movie. Like there is still some scares. Yeah, the, the comedy comes from the reactions of the uh, of the people, and then the kind of there's winks and winks and nods, but uh, not obvious. I, what 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 kind of film would you compare this to? Because like whenever spoof is is a or parody is thrown around you think of like airplane yeah it's it's, i wouldn't consider it a parody you know and and honestly it like teeters on the line of spoof okay it is its own thing it is a horror comedy found footage movie and it does poke fun at the uh kind of cliches but it does it in a way where it's not a spoof or a parody it really tries to become its own thing 
Um, I honestly, it's not found footage, but uh, do you remember the uh, kind of, I think it's from New Zealand, came out in like 2000, maybe 14, called Housebound? Yes. It's very similar to that where it's smart in its own way. And okay. it is funny, but it, it kind of, you know, just takes it a different route as far as like not making a parody or a smooth, but be spoof, but making it smart. Awesome. Um, well, come and get the dog. <laughs> you don't have to edit this out. We'll just leave it. No, this we now out. have this a, like when get, getting the dog break. In and, yeah. Go potty, Winston. Come on, buddy. Go. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, and then my my second day was a lot of fun. And this is maybe something that you you might enjoy a little bit more. But they did uh, the world premiere. And this is going to be on HBO Max is uh, uh, Tony Hawk uh, documentary about his life. Oh, yeah. What's that? What's, um, what's that called? Uh, I think it's uh, called uh, Until the Wheels Fall Off. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a documentary about Tony Hawk. That was great. So yeah, this thing is phenomenal. It's so good. It 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 just even is more like it it starts off with Tony Hawk as a little kid, like documenting him getting his first skateboard. Um, you know about his parents, about his his parents' involvement. Uh, you know all the way down to uh, getting in getting in. Uh, you know, the pools, the empty pools and skating and being so small and really trying and always having to like figure out how he's going to compete with these other people. Um, you know, and, and the cool thing is it also kind of goes into more detail um, about um, kind of his, uh, his, his career as, as far as uh, I guess what I'm going to say is, is very interesting because when a lot of like sports people are going against each other, it's very competitive in the sense of like, we're going to beat you. I'm yeah. better than you. Uh, in the world of skateboarding, even the people that are better than you, you champion everybody else. So there's like no animosity between these people. Like, even though they're friends, they still compete against yeah. one another. And then they're, they're on the sidelines cheering each other on, even though they're getting beat. But, I mean, it, it goes into, like, you know, it has uh, Stacy uh, Peralta, you know, Rodney Mullen, Mike McGill, like, all these dudes, like, from, um, you know, kind of this whole skating world of when these guys were teenagers, you know, in, in, in the 80s, creating this skateboarding community. And building up from like, you know, like Dogtown, you know, and the Z boys mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. So it kind of goes in depth of all these people um, and, and kind of how Tony was part of that and how they saw this little kid getting better and better and better and then beating them. And um, yeah, it just goes all the way from Tony Hawk as a little kid to kind of how skateboarding was at the top of his game. Uh, and then it completely uh, failed and then they were all broke and they didn't have anywhere to go and no money. And then it started like the X games came and then it started building back up and, you know, obviously developed in the video games and, you know, Tony Hawk is a national treasure, you know? Uh, so yeah, very, very 
uh, kind of um, deep dock that uh, kind of encapsulates all of this of his career uh, and his pain and his happiness and his friendships and um, also makes you want to see a documentary about Rodney Mullen, um, who's probably one of the best speakers I've ever heard in my entire life. Every time he's on screen, he just kind of lights everything up and he's very like uh, philosophical when he speaks. And if people don't know, Rodney Mullen was uh, known for um, being kind of the uh, revolutionary guy that does these insane tricks you know not like you know like a 1080 or something like that no he was like doing crazy shit with his skateboard uh you know having fun um but yeah it, it, it's so many people that they interview about the doc and about how tony just wouldn't give up just a really beautiful it's like solid two hours but man it's a breeze it's so good i mean and awesome. yeah if you don't uh even shows kind of the relationship with his mother who's very elderly and um yeah within the first five minutes i had tears in my eyes <laughs> like it just it hits it hits really hard in the beginning but that's also probably because you know as listeners are listening i lost my father during the hiatus of the screencast so when i see tony as an older guy and his mom is very very elderly and mm-hmm. you know obviously not in the best of shape or health um him like talking to her and even trying to get her to like say something uh is it's it's very it's very rough mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just a really beautiful documentary will be on hbo max i think this month it's um, a, so yeah, that, yeah I think check it's, it out it's, it's currently out right now oh it is then there yep. you go watch it watch tonight fuck yeah but yeah it's it's really good and then my other doc that day so i I saw, I think, only two movies uh, this day was uh, called Facing Nolan, a documentary about Nolan Ryan. Again, kind of going back to Nolan's life as a little kid, you know, getting on the baseball team and then just dominating, you know, the Major League Baseball scene with pitching. Um, You know, even when he was kind of like a a second, you know, a second tier pitcher where they would just uh, bench him and then they put him on the mound, you know, they had some faith in him and, and then he was striking people out left and right. And it's just, it's a very joyful documentary because it shows kind of like, you know, how the most feared pitcher in baseball became the most feared p- pitcher in baseball. Cause they're like, you know, people were afraid to like go up to the mound and he would said, yeah, cause I would, I would try to hit him. <laughs> you know, he's like, you get hit with a, a ball. that's going 90 miles per hour. You're going to be scared to go up to the plate. So he like talks about the intimidation factor, um, you know, and it's very beautiful because it also kind of just goes really deep diving into his family, you know, and he, I had no idea he's been with like the same, like his, like, very uh, when they were very young girlfriend uh you know uh when they were like in their teens he's still married to the same woman wow like you know 50 years later um or 40 years whatever their time frame is but she's in it i mean his kids his grandkids and just kind of celebrating nolan ryan from the time where you know 
he was being traded to the kind of the hardships that he faced to getting in fist fights, you know, from hitting people, uh, other baseball players that were competing against him. I mean, Pete Rose plays a big part of this, um, you know, telling these stories and these hall of famers and, you know, like Rod Carew and all, all these other guys. So it's just a very kind of just celebration of Nolan Ryan, but very, very funny, uh, very charming. And then uh, kind of reliving some of this stuff because um, a lot of baseball games weren't televised in mm. the beginning, like game, baseball games, probably baseball games weren't televised in what until maybe the eighties, I think. Uh, seven, I think seventies for sure. Well, no, it's, like public like being televised like well it was, it was not, all about like it was all about having people how many tvs were in a home or people even having a tv in the home or yeah whatever. i honestly i want to say it was like early 80s that games were starting to be televised i mean i could be i could be wrong on that but i don't remember seeing too many like black and white or lo-fi video uh, i gotta do a babe ruth yeah you get uh, well babe ruth yeah, because film, Bruce I guess during that time. But yeah, film. you have like the crank film, or yeah, you know, know, you're watching that. But anyway, this isn't a, this isn't a history of uh, the like, television broadcast. Yeah, television. I, I'm not a big baseball person, <laughs> not even a big sports person. But the thing was is that I uh, I was never a big sports guy all my life, but I, I did you know play basketball, I played baseball, but that was mainly because my dad was a big sports guy. So, you know, Nolan Ryan was like a household name in, in my family. You know, my dad was a big Nolan Ryan fan. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to go see it because I grew up knowing this guy and his, you know, incredible accomplishments, uh, his no hitters, like his like seven or eight, maybe even more no hitter games. Like, that's insane to have <laughs> that. And uh, yeah, is I mean, uh, tremendous fastball that he would pitch. I mean, he was hitting clocking over 100 miles per hour, I think at times uh, but yeah just a really good doc a little sure his, here's a little history lesson here we go brad are you ready yeah history yeah lesson on on the first televised major league baseball game yeah uh august 26th 1939 was the first televised major league baseball game but locally well yeah so not until 1946 so 46 it became regular network broadcasting that finally caught on but people didn't really have TVs in their houses until the mid fifties. So, so it was say, televised all this time. I guess all this time. We don't watch sports. We don't yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm thinking about it. But know. anyways, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, so hey, I just tried to help because because you know this goes out, then we got people on Twitter being like, oh, here they'll, they'll be schooling yeah, you on Twitter." I mean, so I'm doing it for you now. Sure, uh, people will be live tweeting. Uh, while listening and saying, dude, baseball's been televised since the 50s. I mean, here's the thing is I'm not going to bullshit when I say I don't know shit about sports. (laughs) Now, movies, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, I definitely know what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah, sports, not so much. But aside from that, Facing Nolan is a great documentary. I don't know when it's coming out, um, but definitely keep your eyes peeled. If you are a sports guy or... I mean, honestly, it doesn't even like I was telling people when they were asking me, like, what's the best thing I've seen at South by? And I always mentioned like facing Nolan. I was like, you don't have to be a, a, a sports person to uh, in, enjoy the film. It's it's kind of its own thing. Um, 
so yeah pretty cool pretty cool shit so um and then something that you would like and this is something that danny would probably like uh is a film called slashback this is my uh, yeah second day this is uh um kind of uh i'm not sure i think i think they filmed it in this like the city of uh, or a town called Pang. Um, but yeah, it's uh, kind of, I believe, French Canadian um, kind of where, where the, I think they filmed up in Canada, but obviously with, uh, um, you know, the like of the local townspeople where this is actually made. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a monster kind of invasion, a low key kind of attack the block uh you know some very young teenage girls uh, i would even say younger than that I, I i don't i don't think it's really disclosed how old they are but they're definitely like 12 or 13 just by the way they speak and kind of what they're into and stuff like that um but yeah they're the, the like the older you know the families the adults they're like at this like kind of like drunken party that they all went to because the town's pretty small and then there's this kind of alien species that is uh using uh like animals and people as kind of like a a skin suit Mm. and um yeah they're kind of attacking the town and the girls get together and they fight these monsters um so not like super action-packed but really well done it's a beautiful beautifully shot film uh looks incredible um it's got a great score a wonderful score wonderful music the girls are great. Um, there's a couple of moments where it's like, eh, you know, you could tell like these people are like non-actors and that and it was, they used a lot of like locals and the girls were all pretty much this is their first film. Some are better than others. Um, but there's a couple of moments where you're like, oh, wow, that's a, you should have redid that line. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable. I, I think it's a pretty solid movie. I think people will really dig it. Um, I'm not going to talk about too much. I'm not going to talk about every single movie I saw um, because it's probably not worth it. But this movie's playing on Shudder, I think, this month called The Cellar. Um, It's by the director that recently did a movie. I think you covered it way back in the screencast called Pilgrimage? Pilgrimage. 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 I can't even say that. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. I can't say it. (laughs) Fuck it. But anyways, yeah, it's it's that guy. He directed. Pilgrimage. uh, Yeah, I'm not I'm not even going to say it. Uh, He he directed this movie called The Cellar that has uh, Alicia Cuthbert, I think is how you say her last name. Um, This movie has everything in it that I should love knowing my love for the the little things in this movie. But I am anxious to see what people think of it. They can't really talk about it uh, without giving anything away. But it is set up as a ghost story. And that's it goes from there. And then some surprises along the way. I feel that this film didn't, like... 
you remember like sometimes in the old monster movies and stuff how the monster isn't shown until like last like two minutes and you're like man if you introduced that early on that would have been cool as shit yeah it's like one of those things where it's Uh. like why didn't you introduce some of this earlier on like at the beginning of the third act it's just like when in when it's when stuff is like so like antlers what like the movie antlers Antlers is shown in the very beginning. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So, does, but then it's gone until like the end of the movie, though. But so yeah, that's the theme is shown. Like, there's nothing until like, oh, the, like the kind full of reveal. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I I feel okay. that Antlers shows enough. Okay. All right. I mean, for me, it did. <laughs> for 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 the seller, it seems that it was. It. I think the payoff would have been a lot cooler if they showed it or told the audience what's going on it gotcha, just okay. it kind of like I, I don't know it just kind of misses the mark and I, honestly most of the conversations i've had with the people like they were like yeah the movie's okay but man if they fucking revealed things earlier hmm. on like we could have been into it a lot more and i think yeah i just think it was like you're trying to make a slow burn but it didn't really work because people wanted more of what was burning that's right all. Got it. Okay. Um, one of the other midnights I watched uh, was called Watcher. Uh, this is directed um, by, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, it is uh, Chloe, recently, Chloe Oku, uh, Okuno. Okuno, Oku, Oku, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chloe Okuno. She did, uh, she did the rat, um, Ratma uh, from VHS 94. That was her little segment. Um, so this is her first uh, kind of, uh, this is her debut. Awesome. Um, um, it has uh, Michael Moreau in it from It Follows. Um, and if you really deep dive in her filmography, she was, I think she was in Independence Day Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Micah, Micah Monroe? Yeah. Yeah, she so was in Independence Day. Independence 2 is awesome. <clears throat> No, it's not. Day two. <laughs> no, it's not. I um, had fun with it. I don't so, care who knows. But, <laughs> but she, it's, it's, it's really, really well done. Um, like just a, a really well-made uh, film as far as kind of a technical perspective. But it's uh, very in vain of kind of like the rear window Roman Polanski type films. Uh, 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 this uh, woman she uh, is uh newly kind of married she's in a foreign country she's trying to learn the language she stays at home while her husband goes to work um and she has she looks up at an apartment building next door and there is just this dude who's staring right down at her and he's always there he's always staring no matter what so this starts to freak her out and then she feels like she's being followed um, and then tries to, uh, you know, kind of reveal what is actually happening. And this guy is much more sinister than just being a creeper in a window. Mm. But uh, yeah, Chloe does a wonderful job as far as like the compositions are uh, concerned as far as the film. I mean, it is perfectly framed. Uh, it is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's one of the most well-made movies I've seen in a while as far as like the story isn't much 
it but it's the stories told through the visual aspect um just kind of like how a lot of the scenes feel claustrophobic because she's kind of held up in this house and you know uh over the shoulder kind of the creepiness factor of following her around they use you know it, it follows more kind of a voyeuristic approach uh not knowing languages like the language barrier is really uh kind of interesting um just an incredibly well-made uh film and monroe is just phenomenal like usual i mean i don't think she's ever been bad in a movie aside from independence day part two resurgence (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know she she's she's great as usual um yeah just a really really well done creepy movie and like i said it's it's not changing uh the mold or anything as far as storytelling it's it's very basic but it's incredibly well done and and the story is really told visually than more than anything so this is an, um, an IFC films release. It uh, could be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that's right. I think it was IFC. So we'll probably see like a screen factory disc, I guess. Yeah. If they put it out, if I mean, it, it seems out. that a lot of stuff's hit and miss. Um, see, they put all, they only released like the, the shitty IFC <laughs> films, horror ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it gets, I hope it gets released, man, by, uh, you know, on a, on a bigger scale. Cause IFC is known to like bury shit back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, totally. They've been way, 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 way better with their uh, horror films. But 10 years ago, they would just pick stuff up and put it on DVD and then you would never hear of it again. Yeah. Um, so one of the other ones, uh, this, I think, got announced that it's going to be opening in August, I think. But it's uh, this is a big premiere. Uh, I think a, this is a 24. So this will get a wide release. It's called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's got um, that Rachel Sinet from uh, Shiva Baby. And, uh, of course, everybody's fan favorite, uh, Pete Davidson. Um, and then uh, Lee Pace, who is very, very funny, by the way. I didn't know I think, this dude is so funny. I think funny. Pete Davidson gets a bad rap. I think he's, I think he's good in certain areas well here's the thing is that i was kind of like i i didn't dislike pete davidson but i didn't like some of the stuff that i saw on snl yeah no on snl it was like eh, it's like yeah and then i saw uh king of long island yeah or king of king of staten island what was it king of staten island yeah king of staten Staten Island. island yeah and that was fucking great yeah i i really enjoyed it so uh, Pete Davidson is more or less kind of like a more minor character in this because it's really kind of the girls movie, but it is uh, a bunch of people that get together because a hurricane's coming through. So they have a hurricane party and uh, murder is afoot. Yeah. Uh, so they're locked in this house while there's hurricanes happening and they can't go anywhere because, you know, all the roads are done, you know, with trees and, and whatnot and, there's blockage they have no cell phones um so yeah it's kind of like a clue like who done it type thing uh but yeah it's funny it has its moments um i think there will be an audience for it but the real thing that shines here is uh uh the rachel sinette's character because i mean she was wonderful in shiva baby i just recently rewatched that again um, she just steals every scene. She is she is super fucking funny, man. 
she is so funny and she just kind of chews up these scenes she's great and it's honestly just it's fun to watch just for her um so that was that was good talk about the midnighters because not everything was good uh but (laughs) the world premiere of bitch ass bitch ass won the midnight award but I don't think anybody actually voted for these movies aside from the people that probably worked on bitch ass. <laughs> uh, I usually don't like shit on movies too much, but man, I don't want to understand like this movie wouldn't have been as bad if I didn't see it at a fucking festival. Like, I don't know how this actually got played at a festival. And I heard through the grapevine, this was rejected from other festivals a lot. Uh, so the, the idea of it is great. So it is uh, in vain of kind of like hood horror in the 90s, you know, so like Bones and like Leprechaun in the Hood, those types of things. Um, Katie Man taking that hood horror aspect and then making their own kind of lo-fi 90s uh, horror film Mm. of a slasher of this guy who was made fun of and they called him bitch ass. He's disfigured. They end up at his house. He likes to play games, so he traps them and and kills them. Um, sounds cool, but man, it is so cheaply done. Uh, well, what's that movie? The, like, what's that movie where where they where they break into somebody's house and it's a bunch, bunch, a bunch of traps? Like the Rube Goldberg comp, like the those types of movies. Yeah. Nice. I mean, like the collect. I mean, the collector. The collector. He <clears throat> well, he sets up the traps in the house mysteriously just sets up all these traps why people are out but i mean i guess they do go to his house in the second movie and they all get fucked up um but yeah nothing like that it's more or less like uh he has a big connect four game and then you put your hand through one of the holes and it chops it off okay yeah it's not it's not like a rugelberg thing it's like (laughs) hey uh you know, let's play. Uh, like, what are some of the like? We're gonna play uh, cornhole. And this is gonna like explode. Yeah, yeah. It, this it's very much. It's very much like that. It's like taking like a like a battleship. Yeah. Game. So like, if you if you guess the battleship and you get hit, you just get stabbed. I mean, that's a great <laughs> idea. It's a great idea. It's pretty. It's just. It's just. It's. It's so pretty. just. Just so amateur s <laughs> and like. You know, no no filmmakers are on set making this movie. It's all shot with like a wide fisheye lens, it seems, half the time. Oh. Um, it is just like this is something that you probably wouldn't see get distribution, but probably will get distribution because it played at a festival and it also won an audience awards. Award. Uh, but no one that I've met likes this movie. <laughs> Um, and when it won the audience award, I kind of laughed because this movie got a standing ovation at the midnight, but it was because of the cast and crew stood up and clapping. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm happy for them. I'm happy they got the film out, but it is, it is, it is, it is bad. Like there's nothing redeeming about this movie other than they really try to do kind of this nineties lo-fi thing. It just it just doesn't work. Um, another one that I watched um, that I really that I really dug was uh, called um, Master. Uh, this is playing on Amazon Prime. Um, it's by 
Uh, man, I'm so bad with names tonight. I can't remember anybody. Mariama but, uh, Diallo. Yeah, yeah. She she's a wonderful director. She made this uh, short film uh, that I really really championed. I think back in like 2018, 2019, called Airwolf. Um, so this is her feature film. Um, it's it's hard. It, it is a horror film. Uh, it stars the wonderful Regina Hall that nails this performance, by the way. But essentially, it is about institutionalized racism. Hmm. Um, but it's done in a way to where it, it the horror aspect is feels real. Um, I think it goes a little overboard on the horror because it really makes you think that there's some type of entity but there's something else that is lurking through the halls. And uh, yeah, if you watch it, you'll see. But really well done uh, and very, very well made. Uh, not boring at all. Um, but yeah, just you know, check it out if you enjoy that stuff. Is it on Amazon uh, Prime now? I think so, yeah. I think it premiered on Amazon Prime while I was in South By because I think gotcha. they were promoting it to watch it like that weekend or something. Um, and then the big one uh, for one of the midnights uh, that is out now, Ty West uh, X, um, which, you know, there's plenty of things that people are saying about this. So I can't say anything that already hasn't been said. I liked X. I thought it was pretty funny of what uh, is driving the force behind the story. Um, I found it more humorous than anything else. I didn't find it scary. I didn't, I don't really get the vibes of like, you know, aside from kind of like backwoods stuff from like Eaten Alive and Texas Chainsaw. I mean, obviously he's inspired by those seventies types movies, mm -hmm. um, but it mixes kind of the horror and porn aspect pretty well. And I enjoyed it. I'm a, I like Ty West anyway. Um, I, I, I don't, I've only like, I think disliked his Trigger Man was the movie I disliked. Oh, oh and then. That. Valley of Violence, I didn't like the John John Wick of the West. Oh yeah, I need. I I actually found that on Blu-ray for cheap, and I was gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's Valley basically Miles. John Wick and the West, John Travolta <laughs> playing the bad guy. It's it's not good. <laughs> so, and then he has a prequel coming out to the film called Pearl. Mm, yeah, they film back to back. I guess that comes out very soon too. That's awesome. Um. Uh, another Midnighter was Hypochondriac, which I really, really dug. Um, it is, uh, it's more like, it, it's kind of uh, interesting because the backstory of like why it was made is, is kind of facilitates the movie in an aspect that uh, you enjoy a little bit more. So this actually kind of really happened to the guy, like having a mental breakdown, his mom, was very like abusive like verbally and she was also kind of a loose cannon and crazy um his dad wasn't supportive so it's basically this dude who uh was almost killed by his mother um who has a lot of trauma and some <laughs> a lot of issues and it's him kind of losing it based off of a series of events that trigger this stuff um, and it is a horror film, but it's it's definitely more of a psychological drama. Uh -huh. But hearing the director's story and the Q&A made you kind of appreciate the movie a little bit more. So I hope they can get that point across. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really well done. Um, 
it's also uh, kind of queer. It well, it's not kind of. It is queer horror because <laughs> it does. It's based about a, a you know a gay man and his relationship and shit like that. Um, and then um, Sissy was another horror film that I saw. I did not like. I'm not going to talk about it because I didn't like it at all. I can't just tell by the way you say it. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Sissy. Um, yeah, uh, a fun one was uh, The Cow, which was um, Winona Ryder. Um, she goes on this kind of weekend getaway with her boyfriend. And uh, they go to a cabin and it's occupied by these other people. Like they double booked this uh, cabin in the woods. So the people are like, yeah, come in and have, you know, spend the night and we'll get this figured out because we don't want you to drive all the way home like at midnight. Um, And then the boyfriend just ends up running away with the girl. That's part of this other like this other couple. And the guy's like, yeah, they ran off together. And she goes and kind of lives her life broken hearted of this guy who left her but then she's like these things kind of didn't make sense so she wants to track down you know him and ask him what the fuck why did you leave me mm-hmm. and the story like if if you think about kind of where it starts and how it ends up you wouldn't believe me if i told you so it's it's more or less kind of like a suspense like drama comedy thriller it kind of has all these types of elements um just it, it, it's just fun you know, it's not like stellar. It's not great, but I found it enjoyable. I kind of rate movies at this point in my life. Am I bored or am I not bored? <laughs> and I wasn't bored, you know? So <laughs> that's the best way. That's... That, I don't know how much that actually gives confidence in people watching the movie. Um, but honestly, there's just so many, like, you know, I, I, as I, as I've said, in the past and i said online i think most movies are okay like it's it i really it's hard for me to really dislike something you know i i kind of rate it as but your rating system especially on letterboxd is like (laughs) it's like one star one star one star two star two star three star pretty great there's like it's like two and three stars all the way down i'm like does brad like movies well, I mean, some, I get on these kicks sometimes where I just watch stuff that I know that I'm not going to probably care for. Um, but I mean, honestly, like if you look at my letter, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up because if you look at my letterbox, I have like the triangle thing going on. Yeah. Like my highest rating thing is 2.5. And then <laughs> it just like slopes down on both ends. Um, but I think most movies are fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of go through these spurts sometimes of watching some one star, two star movies. But that's honestly not a very like common rating. Well, me. you know what I used to do? I, I figured out that when, you know, so, you know, back back in the 80s and 90s, you know, you'd get your little, your, your, I was at my grandma's house. You'd have like these little, you know, the TV guide or whatever. Right. So I'd always, I wouldn't have cable at home. So I'd always look and see like what's playing on cable while I'm over there. And I started learning. I'm like, these two star movies that play at like nine o'clock at night are pretty great. And, uh, yeah. you know, so it was like the first time I saw Highlander two <laughs> was like, is this a two stars? I mean, yeah. Highlander two is not a great movie, but I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then stuff like that, like, you know, most of the horror stuff, two stars, two stars. And if you had a three, it was like, oh, this is must be really good. So, I mean, you just take into that, that style of, of rating. Cause 
Yeah, I'm de- I definitely I, I'm pretty I'm pretty honest. Honestly, like <laughs> I, I always get criticized for giving a lot of things four or five stars because like they'll ask like, you know, I'll say, um, you know, Harold and Maude, five stars. Easy. One of the greatest yeah. movies ever made. It's near a perfect movie. And they're like, well, what do you think about the shot on video movie Boarding House? I'm like, five stars. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, wait, you so you think that Boarding House is as good as, you know, Harold Lamont? And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's com- two completely different things. I think it's a five star shot on video movie. Right. And I think Harold Lamont is a masterpiece of five stars. <laughs> you know, like they all have like there's so many different avenues for five stars, four stars. But if I rate something on on letterbox and it's one or two stars there's a very good chance that it's pretty bad or it's a new movie that i don't really give a shit about (laughs) like because i i'm very i'm more critical on stuff that's newer yeah like i'm probably the only person that probably gave like thor ragnarok like a half star Like if you it like wasn't that bad, if you like pull like the thing across on letterbox and you like, you see how many stars like, Oh, what's this? It has one rating. And it's like half star. Yeah. That's probably me because honestly, I'm, I'm way more critical on, on newer things. I, I'm not as forgiving, but I'm also very forgiving on a lot of things because again, like I, I kind of rate it as if I'm bored or not. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying like I'm just sitting there as like, oh, I'm not bored. This is five stars. But honestly, like I just want to enjoy the worst movie you can make is a boring one. Yeah. You know, I I don't give a shit if it's a drama, a horror film. I mean, I bad horror films are way easier to watch than a bad comedy or a bad drama. But, you know, like bad action, bad horror, like those things are a lot easier to watch. Yeah. So as long as there's shit going down. As long as we're yeah, as long as we entertain, it's we forgive a lot, you know. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm 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 very forgiving, but I'm also kind of a hard ass at the same time. Yeah. Don't I mean honestly, just don't follow my ratings. <laughs> like, you Brad, know, I, I will you, only watch what you tell me to watch, Brad. That's yeah. All I so if I rate something four or five stars, I highly recommend checking it out. If I rate something one or two stars, probably don't listen to me watch it for yourself because you'll probably end up liking it i just didn't because you and i disagree a lot because sometimes you know you're reading a movie and i'm like what the fuck brad (laughs) (laughs) well i also like that happens a lot with like a lot of horror these days is that you know i'm friends with you know some people that are critics and they're like hey have you seen like uh one was like the deep house right so the deep house is by the the people that did livid and, the uh, underwater uh, haunted yeah, the, house movie. Yeah, yeah. At, already the concept five stars. <laughs> you know, um, you know the only thing that really sucks that movie is the voiceovers because they obviously had an ADR everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a highly effective haunted house movie that takes place underwater. That shit's cool to me. Yeah. Like that made my top twenty list because I was like, I'm highly entertained by this. This is great. You know, like this is a concept I've never seen before. It's effective. The The lead actor definitely does suck. But, you know, for the most part, I highly enjoyed the film. Um, and that's pretty much it. Other than kind of closing with the last movie I saw, which I don't I don't think I saw anything 
like the last day of South by I didn't go to any of the closing stuff, but I, I, I saw um, the somewhat sequel, um, it, but it's not really, it's just a kind of a concert movie. It's called this, this much I know to be true. I, I'll never remember that, but it's um, uh, Nick Cave recording his basically last two albums with uh, oh shit. What's his name? The musical genius uh, Warren, Warren Ellis, right? I think it's Warren yeah. Ellis. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's basically, you know, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Warren Ellis just kind of concert footage mixed in with kind of like their day-to-day shit, uh, you know, cut in. But really, it's just the full songs being performed in their, like, somewhat studio. Uh, but the, the, I wish, honestly, it just followed around Nick Cage doing shit and talking. Nick I Cage? Nick Cage. Uh, Nick I mean, Cave. I want, I want that. I mean, honestly... Like put Nick Cage and Cave together, <laughs> I think that would probably be a good documentary if they just talk politics and their life. But um, thing is, Biden wouldn't do this. <laughs> is 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 that your Nick? I mean, it, I that's why Nick it. Cage just kind of talks like this, kind of holds out words weird. <laughs> I mean, this is why I guess you're hired to do uh, audiobooks. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's easy. He's one of the easy ones to imitate, though. He's like, you know, everyone can do like a, a Nick Cage or like a I can't. Uh, Jack Nicholson. I can't. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Nick Cage sadly isn't in this, but it probably would have been better if it was. Um, but Nick Cave kind of just, you know, talks about writing music, writing the songs very briefly, but it mainly is focused on the music itself. But there's an excerpt in this film uh, where Nick Cage talks pottery. I said Nick Cage again. Nick Cave uh, talks about pottery and like ceramics and making it. Like that's what he does like for fun. Dude, make that the documentary. Like honestly, like make make some Nick Cave documentaries. I mean, there's a really good one called uh, 10,000 Days. Um so but yeah he has these two music things but yeah it's just basically a concert movie but it's really well done just fucking crank it up because these like even though like these are kind of like soft ballads these fucking dudes go hard on these songs like this is no joke and it's like it's really kind of moving the music and like kind of the visuals because you know they're performing like just themselves like in a room and these lights are going off and it's really well, it's just really well made. So that was kind of my last film of the, um, of, of South by, I mean, I left some stuff off, but yeah, you know, it's stuff that I really didn't care for. You, you know, I do have an idea for a segment, Brad, to go through oh, your, half, like, to go through your uh, one star cream, and half star reviews. Cream. <laughs> to go through your what? one star and half to go through your one star and half star reviews and just tell me about the movie why you hate All right, it. do one. We'll just do one. Uh Tunka. What? Tunka El Guerrero. 1983. Directed by uh Joaquin Gomez. Can I send you can I send you a picture on here? Yeah, I you gotta. Or you it's, can on, just it's on your letterboxed. Well, I understand that, but I don't even. You're really bad at pronouncing things. T U N K A. Oh, Tunka. Tunka. Yeah, Tunka's not good. 
I, 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 I was hearing something else. Okay. In a barren land, a woman-only tribe known as the Selnians rule. They are in the, wait, they're in war with the Tazaris, evil men. Ancient law has it that Tazaris are cursed and the Selenians cannot enter their land, but they can. That's the synopsis. Yeah, uh, that movie I vaguely uh, remember. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's like Tonka, like El Guerrero, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, that movie is yeah, not not very good. Is it uh, so? What so? You, but you, you can't just say it's not good. Like what was not good about it? The uh, what effects? Costumes. <laughs> I don't. I don't rate movies off effects and costumes. Um, <laughs> Story. Uh, so Tonka is just it's super lackluster. Okay. Because in the wave of those types of movies coming out, you know, it kind of ri- tries to ride the coattails of kind of that you know sword and sandal yeah type thing. Um, and the 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 lead dude is 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 very uh it it, it takes that kind of like I said like the Conan the Barbarian, but this is like the fourth generation run through the washing machine of these types of movies. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm also not a big sword and sandal person. So it takes a lot for me to actually enjoy those types of movies. I'm not a huge Conan fan either. Um, So it takes a lot for me to actually like that. Um, But this is like, you know, a a Mexican ripoff of, of, of those types of movies. Do do something else. That's more interesting. (laughs) Just do one more. Masseuse 3 from 1998. I mean, look, the cover's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, well, is, that that side, is, is that side? That's we got some uh, side nipple side there. Yeah, so Masseuse 3. Um, who, who is that the dude that like writes and direct a- Andrew something? Uh, Gary Graver. Oh, Gary Graver. Gary oh, Graver. Okay. I mean, you yeah, know. So, it's all right, one so movies. one, Gary Graver is a phenomenal filmmaker. Uh, he has made all types of, like, erotic thrillers and mean kind of softcore films. Uh, he's a wonderful, like, we've even released through Vinegar Syndrome some of his films. But Masseuse uh, 3 is, of course, kind of, like, bottom tier erotic thrillers the, the third film and the masseuse uh i think there's just three of them the masseuse trilogy movie. yeah it's just it's just boring <sighs> it, it really is and you know a lot of like erotic thrillers like i enjoy the aspect of watching them because you know i guess the one what did i rate that one two stars one star one one, one star. that might be i might have to go back <laughs> um because honestly like i guess the one thing about gary graver um he's a good you know he knew how to make a movie he knew how to shoot it so a lot of those erotic thrillers i enjoy the aspect of them like from uh a, like a cinematic perspective because i think they're shot really well and you know obviously a lot of this stuff is like you know inspired like with ken russell type type uh um antics i guess you'd say like behind the camera but no, it's just like I love erotic thrillers, but when you get into like the Night Eyes, like four and Masseuse three <laughs> and Body Chemistry four, like they, right. they kind of run their course a little too much, you know. Well, at, at, at that point, it's just it's just uh, yeah, 
just some TNA for late night cable. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, it's it's and the thing is, is like I feel some of those movies they can't like uh, kind of completely like uh, um, you know just commit. You want to be a sex thriller. You want to be an erotic thriller. You want to actually have hardcore. You want to have softcore. <laughs> like I don't the whole softcore aspect. <clears throat> just make a hardcore movie. You're just not showing the PP and stuff. That's <laughs> uh, all you're doing. You know, you're yeah. still bumping and grinding, <clears throat> but you're actually no insertion. Like just commit. You'll make more money if you have penetration. <laughs> Guaranteed. 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 You pick some lackluster one star. Ah, did I? There. I'm just going off the guy. I just saw that cover and I, was, I laughed. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff rated one star. Yeah, nothing but trouble. Hudson Hawk. Driven. How dare you rate, rate driven one star? Glitter, Brad. Glitter one star. Really? <laughs> uh, Wait, that, I read it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of Hudson Hawk. I know I'd probably catch a lot of shit for that. I mean, it's, it's it's not his best. It's not Bruce Willis's best film. Yeah, but a lot of people like that movie. I I just I'm not a. Big I think fan they're I, I think they're just you know going just trying to go against the grain. Like it's been long enough. We can like Hudson Hawk now. No one's ever really liked Hudson Hawk. It's it's just been. Kind I, of I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think it's pretty well liked movie. I'm yeah. not gonna agree with you <laughs> on that. I I think I'm definitely in the minority. I mean, I own the Blu-ray, but you, you know, know what. So do I, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's something that I, honestly, I, I saw Hudson Hawk probably when I was, um, you know, maybe 17 or 18. That's I've only seen it one time yeah. and it's something I could probably revisit and maybe enjoy. So I watched that, uh, because, um, one of the guys I worked with at Blockbuster named Pete Falco. That was, I believe, one of his favorite movies. And that's the reason why I watched it. And uh, he always made fun of me for being a movie guy. But I would all only like talk about horror. Even though I did watch everything, I'd only talk about horror films. So I probably kind of disliked Hudson Hawk because him and this other guy named uh, Hayden would make fun of me when I started at Blockbuster. Honestly, it was probably even earlier. I was probably like maybe 16 because I remember them asking, like, hey, Brad, what's your favorite movie? And I probably said some shit like Dawn of the Dead or like Demons. And they were like, uh, have you ever heard of a film called Magnolia? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, do you like that? And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, God, this guy. And I'm like, what do you like? And they're like, we like the kid stays in the picture. And I'm like, okay, that movie's fine too, but I like demons because <laughs> it takes place in a movie theater. Like, yeah. you know? So here's one you and I agree with the monster. Oh, the Brian Bert Bertino film. Yeah. Dude, I'm so sick and tired of these. I mean, I'm fine. I mean, I like some of those movies, like <clears throat> the Babadook, I really love, mm -hmm. but this whole like trauma induced like monster movie. I, I'm just kind of like over the I, I really and that's I that's why I liked antlers is because I thought I was like, man, if this thing doesn't fucking exist, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. <laughs> because I'm I'm tired of kind of yeah. the trauma induced like monster movies. And there's a lot of them, you know, like my trauma created a ghost. And like I, I mean, I enjoy kind of the mental health aspect of these movies. Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, like I'm getting tired of the non-payoff on all of them, especially something like the monster, which that's his follow-up from called, the strangers. Yeah. Or wait, it's is called that his, the monster? Yeah, that's his <clears throat> wait, that's his follow-up because he did Mockingbird, right? He did the know. strangers, then he did Mockingbird, and then he did the monster. I don't think I saw Mockingbird. Did, and then he did the Dark and the Wicked, right? I think that uh, was it. I'm look, I'm looking right now. I don't I never I only saw well okay, he didn't direct Black Coat's daughter. Yeah, no, Dark no, and the Wicked. Uh, Oz, Oz Perkins did. Oz Perkins. Um did yeah, Coat. The Strangers is awesome. Yeah. What was after um, that? Mockingbird? Mockingbird. And I I don't yeah. Mocking, I, I I was actually in the minority <sighs> of Mockingbird. That's his found footage uh movie I really liked. And That's then he did the it. monster and then he did the dark and the wicked. Okay. What's right. the uh what's the, what's the consensus on dark and the dark and the wicked? I I think that went over pretty well. I that made my top twenty of whatever year it came out. Where's that? Where, where can people see that? I don't think I've seen it. It's really good. I think you would like it. Super slow burn, but um, I mean it was on Shutter for a while. I pay for Shutter and I never watched anything on Shutter. I suck. Yeah, same. Well, the thing is, I I buy so much social or social media. I buy so much physical media. I just, I hardly ever use any streaming services, you know? Um, and, uh, and if I do, like, if I want to watch something, I usually end up getting it before it hits shutter. So I rent it on voodoo yeah. <laughs> like, and then it comes out on physical media and then I buy the Blu-ray and then I just, <laughs> I just skip, skip certain services. Uh. I mean, I, I think I still have shutter, but you know, I, I watch some of their exclusives every once in a while. Cause they, they'll have them um a lot of people watch joe bob yeah yeah i i i stop i mean i don't really i don't watch joe i i i don't have three hours three or four hours on a friday night well i grew up watching him you know i mean that was like my part of my film school so like you know he's still very interesting when he talks it's just like you're right i i i'm gonna watch something i haven't seen I'm not too big on rewatching movies either. Yeah. But like, it is fun. I will say it is fun seeing people discover films like Angel and when when they do stuff like that when it's like a yeah. movie that everyone has like that like that was what Joe Bob should do. You know, captive yeah, audience. Yeah, no but. no, I I completely agree. So yeah, I mean that that stuff's fun, but I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean I I went through Letterbox probably about a year and a half ago, 2 years. And I I kind of went through stuff that I've seen and I rated it. You know, but again, like I don't necessarily rewatch movies too often. So a lot of those ratings are ratings from when I was a kid to like my gotcha. you know, my teens and stuff like that that I haven't rewatched. And I mean, that's why I own half of them. Probably everything that I gave one star to, I fucking own because <laughs> I'm going to rewatch probably in another few years. Yeah, I do that too. You know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> cool. And I may like it. I don't. That's that's as cool. It's like I, you know, like I said, this should be you know, screamcast of old dudes or whatever. Um, <laughs> because I, because the same thing. Like as I get older, the less I'm like, the less I give a shit if a movie's bad. If I don't like a movie, I'm like, all right, I don't know, I'm gonna go on to the next one. And then meanwhile, yeah. like all these little attention, attention horrors are like, I hated this movie. And let me tweet for the next week and how much I hate this movie. Just like, yeah, get a like, life. Yeah, it's Watch like something better. One tweet about a movie you like, but 32 tweets of something you dislike. 
Like, I mean, it's fine if you just, I mean, I, I, I don't like things either, but yeah, I'll have people come at me at me with like a letterbox review or like a rating. And they're like, Hey, you gave Hudson Hawk one star. Are you fucking crazy? And I'm, I would probably answer like, well, yeah, I haven't seen it, you know, in like 20 years. So it's something I probably need to revisit. Um, and maybe you could talk me into rewatching it sooner than later. Right. Yeah. Don't be aggressive people. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just be nice. I mean, but again, there's a lot. It's all objective, it's subjective to to the, the kind of whole art aspect. You like something or you don't. So yep. But yeah, we'll do that at the end of every episode. You just throw a one star movie great. at me. Huh? <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. And, and and I'll try to justify it or see if I still stand behind it. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well. uh yeah, it's been, you know, we've time to start wrapping up the show. As always, nothing changes. I'm awful at wrapping up a show. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you'll never, you never give away your Twitter. So you, you can follow us on uh, uh, Brad is Brad F. Ederson. I am Sean narrates S E A N. And of course, the Screamcast. Uh, I think has our stuff still there. I got to check the website. I don't even know if the website's working. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't even use the Screamcast uh, Twitter account. No, it we, might be defunct. It's no, it's still there. I just I finally like brought it back from the dead. That's what yeah, we're talking. I, I might need the password because I think I unfollowed <laughs> it even. <laughs> I think that I think that's <laughs> like the epitome of, of podcasting is that <laughs> you just don't give a shit that you unfollow your own your own show. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I don't give a shit. You know, like, I mean, this stuff's for fun, man. Like, we're yeah. not in it for, like, the Patreons and and funds and, you know, I mean, those support people that actually need that. We're just here to fucking have a good time and yeah, maybe we'll have a few beers next time and just fucking talk about one-star ratings. Like, <laughs> <fucking letter> <laughs> that sounds good. I can bring mine up, too. That's yeah, we're just, we just bitched about not having segments or anything and you created one just <laughs> in one. Well, this just, but this show. is just a fuck-around one. That's, that's what's great. It's just like, ah! I mean, I think that's a pretty good one. You know, let, let's <laughs> wrap up the show and let's talk about some one star ratings that Brad gave on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. Or you could start to pick five star. Like, why the fuck did you give this terrible movie five oh, stars? We'll do we'll do both. We'll do both. We'll look at each other's. You look at mine, I'll, I'll look at yours. I'll get my yeah, no, up I, and... I think that's good. We'll just call each other out. That could be <laughs> that could be a fun, that could be a fun bit. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, uh, hey, uh, whoever's listening, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking. Thanks for uh, still having your uh, subscribed. Thanks for still being subscribed on the podcast feed. Do we see numbers on that? How many people still are? People still are. And in fact, I think our our subscribers have grown. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> which is oh, hilarious shit. i'm like we're, doing we're gonna good. wake up and we have like ten thousand downloads in our first episode <laughs> we're like what the fuck man we haven't had an episode in years like why are people still subscribing and downloading this shit i don't know all uh, right the, well. the burning episode still is a top people still talk about it someone just tweeted about the burning episode yeah i think derek did a couple days ago yeah what, yes. what, what, yeah he was like the i mean i don't remember that episode <laughs> i <at> know <laughs> I just remember talking about some like how this dude gets <laughs> fucking burning. Yeah, fucking burning, man. That's great. All right, we're gonna wrap up. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to all of you the next time we decided to give a shit and uh, do this again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's-
That's definitely the way to go about it. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. 